0: Alright, well, hey, good morning everybody. If we could just stand to our feet as we come to the Word of God. And would you just please, the campuses, Kaitai, Rotorua, Whangarei, trust that you're all standing right now. Would you just uh, join with me in this prayer this morning? Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for all that you're doing by your Spirit in Church Unlimited across our campuses, and Holy Spirit, we pray this morning as we share the Word that you've laid upon my heart for all our campuses, Lord. That there would be hearts to receive, minds to concentrate, and Lord, there would be an impartation by your Spirit of what you're wanting to say to each and every one of us, from Lord, from Kaitaia to Rotorua and beyond. Father, we pray, bless your word, bless your people this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, grab a seat, please. My trip setting up UK and beyond, United Kingdom and beyond, was incredibly successful, in fact, extraordinary, I'd say. And I want to say thank you again uh, to everybody who prayed for us. However, I became aware of something uh, on this trip that extending our reach into the United Kingdom. This new era of conquest was being contended by the enemy. I felt at times I was in a war zone. I felt exposed. I was aware the enemy was not at all happy with taking new territory. And uh, I realized this, that as you advance in taking new territory in your personal life, in, your, in our church or wherever it might be, when we move forward, then our prayers need to be matched, uh, match the conquest that we are going after. So you just don't go after new territory and think, honky-dory, let's go for it, it'll be all right. No, no, no. You're going into further into enemy territory, you need to ramp up the praying. And so, you know, without sufficient prayer, we are overexposed to the attacks of the enemy, and we can get taken out. We trust by the grace of God that won't happen. So when I was in the U.K. at times, uh, I felt that... Uh, Despite the wonderful prayer warriors that we have here, I felt there was still a lack of prayer, that I needed more prayer support to sustain me. Somehow I pushed my way through it, and we got through the whole thing, and thank God I got home. But I was aware that we were. this was a little bit, I don't want to exaggerate it, but it was a little bit dangerous. Going into new territory, you must be backed by a lot of prayer. And so 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9 says, A great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Everyone say many adversaries. Yeah, so UK and beyond is truly an effective door, One of the most, historically one of the most powerful nations in the world. But my question is not just uh, are doors opening for Church Unlimited, but are doors opening for you? Are you trying to uh, move forward in your relationship with God, your ministry, your work, whatever it might be, doors opening for you. Well, I want to say, yeah, get excited about it, but hey, at the same time, increase your praying. I want to welcome this morning Church Unlimited in Kaitaia and in Whangarei and in Rotorua as well. All right, I've got my helpers this morning because if you've got your Bibles, we're going to Exodus chapter 17. Now, this is a fight taking place, all right? So Amalek Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. So you guys are down there. This is where the fight's taking place, all right? And Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So you may not have noticed, but this is Moses. He has been resurrected. He's a pretty good-looking Moses, actually, pretty close. A bit more beard would have helped. Longer robe might have done good as well. But hey, you're a good Moses here with us this morning. He's got the right... So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. So the fight's going on down here. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. This is Aaron. God bless you, Aaron. This is Hur. Looks like a him, but it's her today, all right? Okay, this is her. <laughs> so it was when Moses held up his hand... Thank you... That Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, you guys started losing. Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became weary. Gosh, this is pretty slack, isn't it? Come on, Moses, get on with it. He became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. It's a modern-day stone, all right? They put it under him. And he sat on it. Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Leave them up. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Just stay there for a few moments, guys. (laughs) So he won't get tired because his hands are being held up. So the story here is Amalek's going to war with Israel. Moses sends Joshua out to war, but he remains behind to pray. While his hands are lifted up, all right, like they are now, then Israel had victory. But when his hands were heavy and dropped down, then Israel suffered defeat. So Aaron and Hur supported Moses and helped lift his hands, and Israel had a great victory. When Moses' hands were held up, Israel won the battle. When his hands went down, Israel lost the battle. You see, friends, prayer leads us to victory and lack of it to defeat. In military history, Joshua gets the credit for winning this battle, fighting down there. But here we see behind the scenes, Joshua did fight, but the battle was really won by the prayer team, Moses, Aaron, and her. Thank you. God bless you guys. We will probably need you again. Larry Lee had a 1,000 young people in his youth group, he invited to speak at a citywide campaign. The gift of evangelism, very confident there'll be success and a great harvest. First night he preached his heart out, no one was saved. Second night he preached with everything he had, pulled out every trick in the book, still no one was saved. Third night he got to the auditorium early and he happened to run into two women who were already there. They could see how nervous he was and they said to him, don't worry. Larry, don't worry. We've been praying for you. We've prayed for this crusade for eight hours today. That night a hundred were saved. The next night, more were saved. They went back and he checked out the auditorium. The women were there again. And by the end of the week, 500 were saved. Larry leaves, flying home in the plane. He's thinking, man, I'm going to tell the church what a great crusade we had. And that moment God intervenes and said, hey, hold on a minute, Larry. Son, you had nothing to do with that revival. The reason that people got saved was that somebody prayed the price. Somebody prayed the price. See, Larry Lee was like Joshua doing battle. He went down in history as the evangelist that won 500 people that got saved. But the power of God that made it happen came mostly through these two praying women. If we want to see victories, we want to see people saved, the key is persistent prayer. Maybe you should add to it fasting as well. Here's the lesson. We can do a lot of hard work. We can do a lot of fighting, a lot of reaching out. But without strong prayer support, there's going to be little results. There's not going to be many people saved and added. It's just going to be a lot of hard work. See, soldiers fighting must be backed by prayer. You fighting, me fighting, must be backed by prayer. One reason Joshua became a great leader is because he had a spiritual father who prayed for him. He had prayer supporters. He was going to battle. There were people there was Aaron, her, Moses, other praying for him. And friends, one of our problems is if we can go to battle, We can be serving God. We can be saying, hey, this is my call. This is my ministry. Whether in the workplace or out in a a church situation. And you're going hard out after it. But if you're not a prayer warrior yourself, and you don't have a lot of prayer backing behind you, guess what? No, no, no. Real prayer means I'm expecting God to answer. And you pray with authority. Here we go. James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. James 4.7, resist the devil. He will flee from you. Luke ten ninety. I give you authority, tremble on serpents, scorpions, and all the power of the enemy, that nothing, everyone say nothing, <laughs> campuses say nothing, nothing may by any means harm you. This is the word of God. This is not positive thinking. This is faith on the word of God. Now, can I just give you a note for you to take right down somewhere? Because I believe this is what's happening right across campuses. Right now, God is targeting you, where sorry, Satan is targeting you where you're weak. Where are you vulnerable? If you're susceptible to sickness, you're going to be a bit more sick right now. If you're susceptible to depression, you are probably be a bit more depressed right now. If you're susceptible to anger, you're probably going to get struggle with anger a little bit more right now. If your marriage is a problem area, it's probably going to be under a bit more stress right now. If your kids are an issue, he's going to target where you're weak. But hey, don't worry about it. Lock into prayer, bash the devil, crush him under your feet, and get on with it. But if you don't pray and you don't bash him and you don't resist him, then you suffer unnecessarily. So here's a question I want to ask you. Is there an area of your life that you're struggling in? Work, home, finance? What how is there is there an area? Okay. Where you're probably being knocked around, a little bit defeated. Here's my question. Are you praying fervently in that area on a regular basis like Moses with your hands held up so that down on the ground floor you're winning the victory? Are your hands up or are they down? If they're up, you're winning. If they're down, you're most likely losing that battle. Am I getting through this morning? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's really important because I think we can struggle unnecessarily. Blame the devil. Well, it is the devil, but hey, blame ourselves as well for not resisting the devil, which we have power to do. See, if we fail to plan, we hear this a lot, don't we? We are planning to fail. But if we fail to pray, we are destined to fail. That's a heavier statement. We didn't have those. I thought I gave them to you, those guys. I didn't. Sorry about that. <coughs> if we fail to pray, we are destined to fail. See, Matthew 26, 40 to 45, in the garden of Gethsemane, before the cross, Jesus had trouble, didn't he, getting his disciples to pray for him for one hour. Verse 45, it says, are you sleeping and resting? And maybe we should ask ourselves the questions today. Are you sleeping? Am I sleeping? Am I resting? Or are we praying? See, the, day the disciples paid a high price for not praying. A few days later, what happens? Within a few days of prayerlessness, Peter denies the Lord three times. The rest of the disciples, right as soon as Jesus is heading for the cross, Maybe, I'm not saying I know, maybe it would have been different if they had prayed in the garden. Maybe Peter would not have denied the Lord three times. I don't know, but I'm just suggesting. Prayerlessness had serious consequences. See, with Joshua, the battle we see, a team was praying and a team was needed. It was not just one person. Moses grew tired. He had to be supported by two strong men. Sometimes we think we can leave praying to others. Oh, well, Johnny's praying. Oh, Pastor Tark's praying. Adrian's praying. It's going to be okay. No, friends, we can't leave it to others because we are all called to pray. (laughs) We are all to be prayer warriors. So tell the person next to you, good morning, prayer warrior. (laughs) Up in the campuses, come on, tell the person next to you, we're all prayer warriors. Why? Because we're all in this battle. You know, Satan hasn't Put your name and you know you maybe you're Trevor, or what it might be, and put you on this side and say, Trevor, okay, you're not in the battle because everyone. I'll leave you alone, Trevor. And you know, Mary, I'll leave you alone. Friends, it doesn't work that way. You are in the battle. You are a target of the enemy. You need to be a prayer warrior for yourself, if not for everyone else's sake. One will put a thousand to flight. Two put ten thousand. Think about this. Even Jesus. <laughs> said, pray for me. I mean, the Son of God walked around and and could call ten angels, legions to support him. He said, guys, pray for me. Wow. Who's praying for you? Yourself, of course. But who else? Are there some? I trust that there are. Every time you pray, you move the hand of God. The secret of prayer is prayer and secret. Uh huh. Let's say that together. The secret of prayer is prayer in secret. Get into secret. Pray. Church Unlimited, just want to tell you, Whangarei, Rotorua, Kaitaya, we prayed for you on Thursday night at our prayer meeting. We've got your back. We love you. We care for you. We are praying for you that you will be blessed. I'm just going to need Moses, Aaron, and her to come back and join me for a moment. Because we're going to go to Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, which says this, Men ought always to pray. Say that with me. Men ought always to pray. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8. Men. Man, will you pray please? Yeah, thank you. Good. <laughs> One, two, Timothy, verse eight. I desire that men everywhere pray, lifting up holy hands. So maybe Aaron and her can pray as well now, lifting up holy hands. Okay. Not not surrender, this is prayer, all right? Yeah, praying, all right. Praying. That's good. No, that's good. It's looking good there. Men. We need to lead the way in prayer. That's why I got three men up here. Moses, Aaron, and her spiritual giants, aren't you? Amen. Come on. (laughs) Spiritual giants. Men, we need to lead the way because we're going to enjoy greater victory in our homes, uh, in our families. Families, I said. Okay? In our families. All right. Uh, In our marriages. Because uh, too many are being lost. Here's a question Are we losing a generation? Are we losing a generation? Wow. This is the key here. Men, get those hands up, guys. Come on, pray. Push in, push in. Persist. Don't quit. Don't give up. Even though the enemy's coming, just keep fighting through and reaching out in prayer. Because it says in Nehemiah 4, verse 14 Remember the Lord, great and awesome. And fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. Fight for them. Fight for them. We've got to fight for them. See, in the third world countries, they're praying fervently in many places. And the harvest is coming in by the hundreds of thousands. Some of them, they often start the year with a 40-day fast. And God has placed in our hands the power to change the world. So let's not neglect prayer when the needs of our world are so great. Thank you, praying men. Aaron, Moses and her, once again. We may need you one more time, but we'll wait and see. They're doing great, aren't they? So prayer is a major key, we know, to our walk with God. It's basically the only way that we can move the hand of God, see miracles in our lives. Prayer connects us to the power of God. Nothing happens without prayer. But for many people, this vital key of prayer is the weakest part of their faith. Let me put it this way, weak prayer, weak faith. Weak prayer, weak faith. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. To see where you fit in that. We need all the motivation we can get. Mark 1170, my house shall be called a house of prayer from all nations. To me, it is extraordinary that the most important and most powerful discipline in the Christian faith, prayer, that wins victories, that makes the church of Jesus Christ powerful, that expands the kingdom of God, is often the most neglected. The one thing we need to do, so many don't do. I trust you're not in that category, but isn't that, I believe the devil works overtime to keep people from praying. Because that's the one thing that does the job. Everything else is fine, but that's that's the power behind everything we do. And without prayer, it leaves a church somewhat powerless in the face of the battles that we all are confronted with. House of Prayer for All Nations, to be an effective nation's church, which we are. Church Unlimited is a nation's church. We need to be a praying church. We want to impact our community, our city, our nation. It takes much prayer. The House of Prayer has four applications. My house should be called the House of Prayer. So you as a house, my house, me, where Jesus dwells, needs to be a house of prayer. That's application number one. Number two, this church here, Church Unlimited, across campus, needs to be a house of prayer. Thirdly, your home, where you live, needs to be a house of prayer. This is what's going to win the victories. And fourth, whatever church department you're in needs to be a house of prayer. Now, I mean, this may sound really awful and tough to say, but just measure the level of prayer in those four areas, and then you'll parallel it with the victories you're experiencing. They just go hand in hand because prayer releases the power of of God is there an amen in the house, even if it's a discouraged one? <laughs> prayer improves our serving. Listen to this. There was a survey taken to assess the effects of prayer on ministry It involved 300 pastors, evangelists, and missionaries. Each one was assigned an intercessor who prayed for them 15 minutes a day for a whole year. All right? So they did this test, then thought, okay, let's see what happens. The end of that time, they reported back that they had been uh, the pastors, evangelists and the, the missionaries reported back. This, They said that they had been more active in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and in deliverance, more active in prophecy, healing, words of knowledge. More people responded to their ministry. They had more evidence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Their prayer lives were better, and their leadership skills had improved. Wow. Isn't that just worth it? 15 minutes a day and their ministries were transformed by God's almighty power. Prayer simply works. <laughs> I'd love to have a big discussion one day with the whole church. Almost asking the question, why, you know, why is prayer such a challenge? What, what is it that we all know this is the one thing that's going to give us victory. <laughs> and yet still we kind of like... And you hear a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, prayer's just not my strength," and all the rest of it. You know, my question to those people is: Can you talk? Can you talk? You know, when Johnny rings you up, when your girlfriend rings you up, your wife wants—can you talk? Can you? You know, they ask you, "Can you talk?" If you can talk to people, you can talk to God. Hey, it's the same. He's just another person. Go talk to him. Why talk to people who can't help you when you can talk to the God of the universe who has all power to totally change your life and circumstances? Go talk. That's all I said. Maybe we should change this to talk. Just drop the word prayer and just say, talk to God. Jerry Felwell was a well-known speaker. I love this story. Watch this one. He's at Bible college, man of faith and power, going to change the world. So while a Bible colleague takes on a Sunday school class. Well, the first Sunday that he's there, <coughs> there's one student in the class, which a bit discouraging. So he puts all of the effort into it, and in four weeks, he has one more student. So two students in his class after four weeks. So he decided to quit. He thought, this is not my game. Goes to the superintendent, who says to him, as he hands back the materials, he said, you always look like a quitter. You didn't look like you would ever make it. Jerry Falwell's young ego was deeply moved and challenged, and so he said, "Hold on a minute, give me back the materials, <laughs> and, key, give me a prayer room." Took the materials, found his prayer rooms, and for the next week, he, two weeks, he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And prayed, and prayed. And pray. Then he went to the parks to look for all the 11 year olds. Within a few months, he had 56 kids in his class, and most of them got saved. Every department needs a prayer room, a war room, where we intercede at the throne of God and see something happen. You can keep doing, we can, across campuses, we can keep doing what we're doing forever, but not much is gonna change. Get a war room, get into prayer, go out on the streets, find the lost people, bring them in, build the church, expand the kingdom of God. This is New Zealand and beyond. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're called to do. This is the example that God is asking us to set here in our own churches from Kaita right through to Tuvalu and also wherever God has placed you. Prayer room. A war room and reaching out. That's what it comes down. That's a great commission, isn't it? You know, go. I've always said two things to do. Go, pray. But pray first. Pray, go. Tell the person next to you, pray, then go. Yeah. yeah. Pray, then go. Pray, then go. Say it with me. Pray. Come on, campuses. Pray, then go. So two questions. Are you praying and are you going? Hey, a lot of people go without praying. There's not a lot of result. huh? It's, you can go, 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 go forever, but not much is going to happen. you probably burn out. You pray and then go, everything is going to be changed. There was a woman missionary in India many years ago, and she was door knocking. She was an evangelist door. She would knock on doors and da-da-da-da-da. Most people would shut the door on her, you know, you know uh, not listen to her or even, I don't know, maybe abuse her, but it just did not happen. And she said, God, I've come all this way to India to be a, an evangelist, a missionary, and I'm going to get no results. And God spoke to, the Lord spoke to him and said, well, here, try this. He said, in the morning when you get up, don't go out and knock on doors. Lock yourself in your prayer room. Get before me. Seek my face. I don't know for how long. Let's say an hour. Seek my And th- then, then try again and go out. So she thought, well, everything else is failing. Nothing else is working. So she, says, put, so she locked herself in a room for about an hour in the morning, cried out to God, prayed da-da-da, went and started knocking on doors. To her utter amazement, everyone now started to listen. People wanted to know more and people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Pray, then go. <laughs> not, not go and then hope. Pray, then go. And that's the way we're going to see God do amazing things in our midst. While it's not always possible to trace an act of God to its prayer c- cause, it is safe to say that prayer is the back of everything that God does upon the earth and in people's lives. This generation as I have my team one more time, has yet to prove all that prayer can do for believing men and women. As we go back one last time to Exodus chapter 17. Thanks, guys. You've, haven't, haven't they done fantastic? Give them a hand, church. All right. I just want, to get, I want you to get this picture for your own life. You're down there. You're Joshua. You're fighting the battle. All right. And this is how it's going to play out in your life. Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hands. Can you see Moses, folks? Can you see him praying? on the top of that mountain, there's Joshua fighting away downstairs, down in the battlefield. And there's Moses, this great, great man of God. He's up there fighting the battle away. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. So remember in prayer, people praying earnestly are going to get tired. They're going to get weary. You know. But the, but, but the problem is he got weary. Take note of this, but more prayer was needed to win the victory. You see, so that's why we can't depend on just a few to do the praying because they may get a bit weary. I think that's what happened in the UK. I had people praying their hearts out, but it needed more than just that. And so, but Moses' hand became heavy, so they took the stone, sat on it, and Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady, so he kept praying until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sun of the sword church let's step up our praying attend a weekly prayer meeting come this thursday wherever it is in your campuses let's move this new era of conquest into overdrive i'm not planning to step back despite the challenge i faced in uk i'm planning to move forward because i feel god has said there's much land yet to be taken thanks team god bless you guys you're awesome We'll need you again at 11 o'clock. All right. With God's help, let's match our prayers with the conquest God is offering us. He's offering us tremendous enlargement, advancement, increase, new territory, incredible open doors. Let's match that with increased passionate and faith-filled prayers. With God's help, we can do it, but I'll go one step further and say we will do it. Thank you, Church Unlimited, Rotorua, Kaitaya, Kongarei, for joining us to today. You are dear to our hearts, and we will continue to pray God's richest blessings on each of you. May God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your service today.